Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Huddle with Monica D. Livingston, a safe space to dialogue, create, celebrate, and gain the tools to execute and dominate on the field or in life. This is the place where we discuss the fumbles and the touchdowns, the struggles and the successes. This is where we come to get better. So huddle up. What's going on? What's going on? Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Huddle with me, Monica D. Livingston. Thank you for coming back and tuning in for another episode of The Huddle. Um, I got a special one for you. This is going to be, it's an empowering episode. It's a really good episode. Um, It's kind of an epic episode. And I know I say that every week. Every week I say, oh, this this episode here is going to help you. It's going to inspire you. It's going to drop some gems, all that stuff. But I mean, what do you want me to do? I mean, it's the truth. All of them are good. Um, so our iSlide team captain today is Archie Messersmith Bunting, or a.k.a. Archie the Feelings Guy. Um, he is a host of What a Feeling podcast. He's a proud gay man, a husband, father, a speaker, and a feelings expert. Um, he is my friend, and he is a ton of fun. I mean, like, you can feel... Archie's energy, like literally just come through uh, your phone or computer, however you're accessing this podcast. Uh, This episode, we discuss his growing up in a small town in Alabama. Yeah, small town in Alabama and being gay and not being accepted. Uh, He said everybody in town was learning and wanting to play sports ball. That's what he called it. He didn't just say sports, but sports ball. And there he was wanting to be a cheerleader in the parade and how difficult that was. He talks about that. He he talked also about choosing to go to Bible college, not just because he was, you know, seeking spirituality, but it's also turns out it's a safe place for a gay man to hide out. I mean, I guess you don't have to really worry about having sex with a woman because remember in Bible college, you're not supposed to be having sex. So it was a safe place for him. All right, and then Archie walks us through his journey to become sober. Um, there are tribulations and, and triumphs, but he got there. And, and this episode is just packed with the ugliness of addiction, the overdoses, the job losses, the strain on family and friendships the hard work that goes into admitting that you have a problem and then attending several rehabs because he had to just keep doing it over and over again. But we also get to like, you know, experience him now on the other side of that. And he's cracked the code. Drugs aren't the issue. And he said that in, in the podcast, the feelings that drive people to abuse drugs, to abuse their bodies or whatever it is that they abuse, those are the issues, right? It's like, that whatever it is that is causing the trauma, that's the issue. Now, how you recognize those traumas, you got to reconcile with them. And then after that, you can have the triumph, but not until. So his mission is to go into corporate America, college campuses, communities, sororities, and to help people get in touch with their feelings, to make it a part of regular life. Ask people how they're feeling. It seems really simple. We say, hey, how you doing? But we don't ask how you're feeling. And then what, after you ask somebody how they feel and be ready for the answer, care about the answer. And he teaches you how to support the answer. If it's not the answer you desire, what do you do to help that person? 
How can you assist someone that's struggling with so many different things, anxiety, depression, etc., suicide? So this episode is helpful if you've ever struggled with addiction, know someone that has struggled with addiction, but it's really for anybody that cares about anyone on this earth or just human beings in general. Uh, we also had some laughs because, like I told you, this dude, he is a trip in a half and two halves. So stay tuned. When we come back, the iSlide team captain, Archie, the feelings guy, enters the huddle. The Huddle with Monica D. Livingston team captain segment. It's sponsored by iSlide USA, the place to get your favorite team slides. Whether it's NBA, WNBA, NHL, MLB, and more, you can also rep your college colors as you slide around campus in a pair of stylish and comfortable iSlides. And if you're feeling creative, design your own pair of slides. That's my favorite part. I get to put whatever I want on a pair of iSlides. Visit iSlideUSA.com and get started today. Use code MONICA. That's right, you heard me. Use code MONICA at checkout and receive 15% off of your total purchase. Go do it now. Stand in what you stand for with iSlide USA. To focus on their feelings and facilitating really honest conversations, things that we don't usually do. We usually right. do half-truth conversation. Let's get honest. Right, right. So, wow, that's a lot. And you do that on college campuses, individuals like you know keep going yeah, every, yeah. Okay. so college college campuses and that can be either sports teams um sga uh residence halls fraternity story life it kind of goes all over the place um high schools and then also in corporate america so okay. people people get their managers together or they'll get their team together because what we're what we're seeing is there there was a recent survey by cigna and employees are saying why are we not having more mental health conversations? Right. A mental health conversation is not a PDF. Let me just put that out there. A Come PDF on. is not a conversation. So stop sending PDFs. So right. what people want is an actual flipping conversation. And so yeah, that's because you don't know what to do, right? Like if you're like I imagine that people can read as much as they want, but unless they have some practical you know, even role playing or thinking about exactly Something. what they're going to do in a situation. If a coworker comes to someone and says, you know, I, I'm feeling depressed or or, or you even see changes. Right. Yep. It could be yep. as simple as they used to have their work turned in all the time to you. And now they're not and they're less communicative. Like and now mm -hmm. what? Right. And mm -hmm. and so you help walk people through that. Right. Mm -hmm. Now yeah, so, you, didn't, you didn't go ahead. Go ahead. No. So what I what I'm really beginning to see and I think this has always been there. Like, I feel like people are, so COVID, COVID has done a lot. <laughs> That's an right. understatement. Yeah. COVID has done a lot. But in, in regards to like mental health and workplace mental health, I feel like what it's done is just put, put it in an incubator and turned it up. Okay. These things have always been there. We've always not talked about things. Right. But right. now you kind of can't avoid or ignore them. And right. so it's putting, it's bringing to the forefront what's really always been there. Yeah. And you, you, so many times people are like, that's an HR issue. No, it's a people issue. It's a people issue. I love and that. It's and a your, people issue. Your people are your most important commodity. And if you disagree, you're wrong. Right. So let's focus on these people and let, let's, sh let's share with them how you can be supportive. I mean, come on, trust. Definitely and back in my day when I worked in corporate America, I would see somebody and I'd be like, no, I got to do this today. I got to focus it on this. No, 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 no. Let's, let's be some people and let's, let's, show, but you got to teach people what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they don't know how to do that. Now you didn't get here by accident, no. right? Like 
you you weren't one of these guys that just went to school. I mean, he went to school, y'all. Now he got some credentials and stuff. You can't be on the huddle and be lazy, okay? He didn't he didn't read some books and took some tests and got some certifications. Did the best. But there's a story here that I think catapulted you to doing all, all of that, right? And yeah. and I think that that sometimes that's where the best work um, happens sure. when you realize your struggles and your story. And then how that then can you shape it to impact and help other people. Sure. So take me back to little Archie, little Ooh. Archie. Yeah, I know, right? We're going back. I know it's just an hour show, but we're going to try. Right? <laughs> so little, little Archie is born and raised where? Um, so I was born in Georgia, okay. uh, but then I was, um, I was given up for, <laughs> oh, it gets worse. Um, but then I was given up for adoption um, right away. So it was like an emergency placement. And so I was placed with a emergency placement foster family immediately. And then I got transferred to a regular foster family and I was there for two years. And then when I was adopted at two, I moved to Alabama. Well, they just kept playing with you. (laughs) It's like, well, Georgia's not going to be enough for him. Let's put him in Alabama. Someplace else, we're going to smoke this spirit that we see him out of him. Right. So. How about Alabama? <laughs> okay, so you go to Alabama. Mm-hmm. You're two years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, and you know, I, 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 I want to make this very clear because my parents do listen to these things. Right. They did the best they could with the knowledge they had in Absolutely. 1970. I'm not going to fill in the rest. Okay. It was okay. a long time ago. Okay. Uh, I mean, we didn't have Oprah. We didn't have Ellen. I mean, I mean, come on, like. Right. I mean, that, I mean, you got your news from like Dan Rather, and it was just about the news, like back in the day when it was oh, yeah. just the news. Just Remember real that news. when it was right. just the news, just yeah. the news. Yeah. Uh huh. So you know, I was this. I was. I don't know what this is rated. I was this um, messed up kid. Go ahead. Let's read it. Whatever we rated. Okay. Yeah. I was this messed up kid, and. Um, and I was gay. Right. <laughs> like, so there's this there's this little gay kid in Alabama who wants to be a majorette instead of playing sports ball because everybody plays sports ball in Alabama. Now, Archie, let me let me stop you right there um, and just because we never know who's going to be listening to this. And this is another group sure. that's dear to my heart. You knew then at age. When did you first say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. what? yeah. Yeah. So real talk here. This is the T. So I was I was in like. um fifth or sixth grade. Okay. And I was home maybe seventh. I don't know. I, I, I killed a lot of brain cells. I was home from school. I did girl. I did. I, I was home from school and I was watching the Oprah and this is when like Oprah was just beginning. And remember okay. when I think it was right after Ryan White got diagnosed with HIV. Yes. And so she went to like Mississippi or somewhere. Oh yeah. And, and there were two sides of the audience and they yes. were yelling at each other. And this man, can I say the word? Can I say that? Okay. This man was like, them damn faggots and uh-huh. like and then she just nothing back and in that moment i was like oh god that's, that's what me. this is that's what it is like because uh, I, I i knew that like the girls i wanted to really like play house with them but that's about right, it like right. i knew there were some things going on but then like it all hit and so what i really unpacked for that later in life was that my realization was surrounded by hatred and mm. that that really set the stage for my internalized girl. I went to church every Sunday. I mean, right. come on, I was a right. minister. So I mean, like internalized homophobia just from the moment of real realization. Right, right. And some of that, I guess, you put on yourself. You know, from that that self hatred, right? Of course, yeah. You, you didn't have anything else to identify with. You couldn't find any positive. That's why representation is is so cool, right? <laughs> who was who was I? I mean, like who, there was no gay people anywhere, right? And the ones that that you did see were the ones that people were yelling at, 
Yep. The ones that people were saying, you're bad, you're nasty, you know, yep. all, all yep. those things. Yeah. yeah. He said, can we say the word, y'all? They say it. Why can't we say it? <laughs> well, let me know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find out. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, okay. So now we're we're back. I just wanted to, I just wanted to yeah, get yeah, yeah, here yeah, yeah, for people yeah. that were, because um, pe- some people don't know until later. Sure. You know? And I think what's important is for people to know when you know, you know, and it's fine for you it's to fine. develop. Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of digging this whole fluid thing. I think that's probably how we were all made to begin with anyway. Um, and then there are people that, you know, just like everything else, more here than there. But that that's another show. We have to come back for that. OK, so we're in Alabama. <laughs> mm-hmm. Parents are, you know, they love you. Yeah. They're, they're dealing in the information that they yeah. are doing the best that they can. Shout out to mom and dad. Hey, Sorry. all right. Yep. Thank you. Right. Yep. And and now what? Yep. So um, then I knew we had a problem. Because remember, I also said I was going to church every Sunday. Right. And so, you know, the good Southern Baptists, they love to pick and choose. We're going to pick and choose, the pick and choosers. And so we're going to pick these verses we're going to talk about, you know, all the time. And when when I tell you that that is traumatic, Mm. I'm not, there's no other word to be used for it. Right. So I... I know there's this thing, but then you tell me it's bad and then I'm going to go to hell. Right. You tell me what hell is, but like, I can't get it to go away. So every youth trip, every like choir trip walking up to the cross and like, they tell you, if you just go to the cross, you just lay right. it down then the Lord will take it. And, you'll, and so I'm doing all that. And I'm oh, like, what you. am I doing wrong? Right. Like, why won't this go away? Go away. Yeah. Honey, so, I know. I, yeah, I went to Bible college, sweetheart. So. Oh, me, me too. I mean, we're getting there. So then I went to a Christian university. <laughs> like, I'm like, and you know why I went there? Because I thought, if anything can de-gay me, girl, it's going to be a Southern Baptist University. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the best shot at it, right? <laughs> like, I mean, like. <laughs> this is how you know this thing is real, y'all, okay? We didn't try and tried to get rid of it. Here it comes. <laughs> okay, right? I am still paying off student loan debt from that institution. And it's, it's wow. so that's, that's how much I went in. I was like, I'm going in on right. this thing. And right. it was crazy amounts of money. Coin coming out of a check right. every every month now. And and your parents, they don't they don't know anything. They're not mm-hmm. even suspecting. Well, I mean, so of course, you know, you know, when I finally, many, many years later, like after after going to college and after about to get married and you know, stopped that, um, and then moved oh, to this New York. It's about to be and, a two-hour show, y'all. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, y'all. Um, when I finally did tell my mom, she said, you know, well, I I wondered. You know, there were there, you know, the, the my, like the mother knows things. And, and I'm just want to be like, couldn't you have like told me? I mean, Let like, me <laughs> like, do you realize how much? Um, yeah, but but during during all that, though, they they did not know when when I finally did tell my parents, they didn't know that drugs were becoming a part of my life. OK, um, because drugs were how I was dealing sure. with people listening. Let me tell you something. Drugs are not the problem. Drug, drugs are the, the 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 symptom of the problem. Absolutely. Drugs become the Band-Aid. They're not yep. the problem. But, yep. but that is the problem, is that like we're focusing on your bad because you do not know no, why are they doing drugs? Right. What is the reason? Right. But we right. don't care. To, we don't care to know that answer. We yeah, because it's just like overeating, on. right? It's just like overeating or, or people not that want to jump out of airplanes seven days a week. You know, I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't think uh, we can help them. That's not part of that. So you yeah. start and you start self-medicating at what yeah. age? Um, well, so after college, because, um, when I was in college, girl, I was a good boy because, you know, the Lord, it was a sin to drink early. Let me tell you the other reason you go to Baptist university, because no one's having sex. That's why you go. Right. Right. Because I'm like, this is, I got the hookup. 
Yep. I ain't got to have sex with no girl. Like, yep. we're good to go. Yep. No um, one's going to think you're strange if you're not, you know. Right. Everyone is saving themselves to marriage. It. I mean, that's you're more attractive, right? Because you really have your walk together. And you could almost be like, girl, you know I want to, but. But. but Jesus, right? <laughs> I can't. And we're doing the right thing by not. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so after college, uh, I. Uh, I actually didn't have alcohol until I was 21. I was one of those people. Wow. I know, right? Um, I was in a fraternity, never went to a fraternity party with alcohol. Like it was a very, it's a very different world. It's There's a, different a fraternity world. on the, on the Christian campus. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Um, And then I was out one night with some friends, actually with some friends that I was in a contemporary Christian music group with. Okay. And um, they were like, hey, we're going to do ecstasy tonight. You want to try it? And I was like, okay. And, um, and girl, let me tell you that the 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 hurt went away like all jokes aside wow, really? the hurt went away and i felt i felt seen i felt accepted and i felt normal wow and then then we just go downhill it's I mean, so yeah. weird though archie because like with christians these fundamentalist christians that think they're doing such a good job uh, of like you know telling us what to do what they really want to be is that drug that you took that's what they should be they mm-hmm. should be the thing that you could get involved with and take away your pain instead of they were actually, you know, pouring alcohol into your wound. Right. Listen, like, listen, friend, I was invited not to come back to the church. Wow. Please explain to me where in the Bible that right. that lives. Yeah. And, and, and it was it was it was it was literally. We don't need to know if this is true or not. You just can't be here. You just can't be here. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. So, so I got my little gay butt on an airplane and flew to New York City. And when I tell you that I was gay, 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 like I, I mean, honey. You're like, well, I'm going to be out here then. <laughs> I, went to H, I went to H&M and like, I remember at H&M in, in New York City in Chelsea. And I, um, I, I tried on these like black pants with like sequins on it. And she was like, you know, those are like, I know. And right. then I looked good in them and they went home, me too. I was like, I'm about to take these home. <laughs> they went to the club. <laughs> so you lived New York City life. I, I, li- I lived it, yes. And and New York. What were your supports there? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I had a lot of club friends. Okay. So, yeah, okay. So you friends. moved, you left, and you just picked up and said, I'm well, going now, so, to New York. So the, the good news is, is that, um, I mean, I, I am very talented and I, I was cast in my first professional theater gig. Okay. Um, my junior year in high school. Okay. So I was making connections. Okay. Um, okay. And there was a friend who is still one of my best friends. He he and his husband now have kids, and we Facetime yesterday, being like, "I hate snow days with kids." Right. Um, he he moved a year ahead of me, and so Todd was sort of my rock of okay. like you know trying to find a way there. But then um, you know I had my musical theater friends until I became a raging drug addict. And then they began to like, you know, you know, cause, cause they, they got to keep their jobs where I got fired. So, you know, they, right. you know, that's the way that worked. And then I, then I surrounded myself. And what's bizarro is that the drug community, and I'm not saying go try this, is very accepting because you can't lower your standards fast enough mm. to hang out with all the people you're hanging out with. I'm not being, I'm not being judgy. I was there. Right. That's uh, interesting. They, they accept you as long as you can keep with the coin. So, right. Right. Okay, so we're in New York, and, and your parents don't think anything because you're like, hey, I'm going to New York to do me. I've got and a I'm job. Do, and I'm doing, I'm doing it. Yes. Right. And they're like, I'm proud. They're like, wow. For maybe, maybe the 
maybe one of the first times like yeah he's doing it yeah you know? archie's in new york and yeah. telling their friends my boy's in the big city right yeah. okay and then this thing just gets out of control like yep. the, the alcohol and, and drugs simultaneously or so i was i was i'm very much more drug addict i mean okay. yes i drank and yes alcohol became a problem later in life but in that period i was very much a drug addict well and so my first stint in rehab because now we're to rehab i didn't time it very well I didn't, well, I was high, but I didn't realize that it was over my birthday. Okay. And so when I kind of came to in rehab, I was like, huh, today's my birthday. I've got to call my parents. So that's when everything kind of came out. Um, and, you know, at least all the all the dirty laundry was out then. Uh, but then it just progressively got worse. I mean, overdose after overdose after overdose to um, trying to take my life to waking up in ICU with a tube down my throat. I mean, it just got like worse wow. and worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, and, and until I, I finally, I like, I just couldn't, I couldn't get it. I couldn't, I couldn't get anything together. And I was, I was bouncing in and out of um, a 12 step program. And I, I met this guy one day, his name is Joe. And he looked at me and he was like, you come here after a meeting. And he was like, you're going to be at this meeting, this meeting, this meeting. And this man like wrapped his arms around me and helped save my life. And so, you, what is it about the rock bottom, right? Like you said, overdose after overdose after overdose. Can you talk to me a little bit sure. about just to help me with my understanding? Because from an outside perspective, if I find you, I mean, you know, and you can even share one of the stories what this overdose looks like. I only have a reference of, you know, what I see on intervention on TV, right? <laughs> you know, like people in a you know, a crack house or losing their job or with their parents only, and they can't keep a sentence. They're selling their body, you know, getting coins, however they can, stealing yeah. all of that stuff. To me, that looks so rock bottom, right? I'm like, I'd be like, Archie, like for real, look around. Like there ain't nothing in the fridge. You ain't got no money. You, you ain't take a shower in four days yeah. and uh, you look terrible. Mm -hmm. And And for me, that's rock bottom, but you're experiencing this rock bottom over and over again. How does that happen? Why can't yeah. you you see it? And then yeah. how do you see it? Yeah. So first I want to say that I am grateful. Now, I can't watch them, but I'm grateful for shows like Intervention. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that people kind of get to see a little bit of window in because I think the general perception is, and you sort of said this without saying it, that people would say to me, what are you doing? Like you're, yeah. you're killing your mother. Right. Okay. Well, you can't get sober for someone and like you are ruining your career or you have lost your career. Well, I can't get sober for a career. So all of the things that I were experiencing was experiencing were physical bottoms. I mean, I've never said this out loud before, but when you overdose, overdose some GHB, um, it creates a violent um, response from your stomach and it's going to get out of you all the ways. Mm. I mean, like it's not a pretty overdose. Um, and so that was happening. I would, um, you know, have seizures. I mean, so these were physical problems for, for me, even, I wish I had this like perfect hallmark story that, you know, when I woke up in ICU and I had the tube down my throat and the hospital chaplain told me that I died the night before, like, I, I wish that I could say, yep, right. I got it. Right. That's not the actual truth. Um, I still had to stumble some more because for me, it wasn't until it was a mental bottom. Like I okay. just, I, I. I, I can't, I can't, I, okay. I just can't, I can't be in this hamstool anymore. No, that's and, so important to note. No, I appreciate that because I think that 
everybody thinks that you think that you look around and you say, this is terrible. Why don't you do this for your mother? Cause right. Mm-hmm. That should be a trigger for you. Like you love your mom. It's mm-hmm. one of the first things you said here today, love my parents, like, mm-hmm. but that's not enough. And so you were still having these physical things, which is a lot of times what we see yeah, on the outside. Yeah. I'm like, your hair is falling out. That your, is your teeth vomit. are nasty. Like, right. You, you, you stink. stink. Like yeah. get just, what is going on with you? And, and yeah. what you're saying is that, that, that wasn't it for you. Yeah, that wasn't and, it for and, you. And, and that, for me, that's very true. Right. I think that's for a lot of, I think that is a, not for everyone. You know, some people may look around and go, nope, I'm not doing this. But it's for me, because I was a crystal meth addict. It's it's a mental addiction. Mm-hmm. It's it's in your head. You know, it's mm. there's nothing physically addictive about the drug. Um, your body actually doesn't really enjoy, physically doesn't enjoy it. Your brain enjoys it. Um, so, it, I mean, I... I was just, you know, there's a saying in recovery, like sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. I was, I was just, I was so tired. Um, and <laughs> I mean, not to be flippant, but like I tried suicide, but like it didn't mm-hmm. work for me. Right. And so for me, I'm like, I can't even get that shit right. Right. I can't, I, mean, <laughs> I can't like, even do come this. Home. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but like, that's right. literally, that's literally how I felt. Like, yeah. I can't even get this shit right. So yeah. It, and, and, and I, I literally, when I, when I, when I did, when I wanted it more than I didn't, and I think I always wanted it, but you got to want it like this much more. Literally, whatever my sponsor said, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. You know, like I had a huge problem with the word God. God is all over 12 right. stuff stuff. And I was like, are you serious right now? Right. So, you know, I had to, had to work through some ish there. Um, but I just, I just dug in and I, I didn't, I didn't want to die again. Cause I'd already died. You right. know, I didn't want to die again. Right. And, and so at this point, just uh, your support system around you, right? Are you still on this path by yourself, like making yourself go? Where are you uh, geographically? Yeah, so I'm still in New York. Okay. Um, okay. I got sober in New York, which is actually pretty challenging. I was getting ready to say, wow. It's it's pretty challenging. Uh, uh, but, you know, I got surrounded by, um, there's this meeting in New York called PAX, and just, it's a men's meeting. And I would have never gone to a men's meeting because that would have intimidated me. Sure. But I went and and these guys literally were like, <clears throat> you're going to be in that chair every, you know, every Tuesday, Thursday. And like, I did it. Like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And um, yeah, I stumbled and stumbled and then forward and stumbled and then it got a year and then finally put some time together. So. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And you've been sober how long now? Yeah, so I really need to figure out this date um, because this is why I don't do well in the recovery community because I stopped counting days and years. Um, I, you know what? I like it. I like the okay. fact that you have to think about it because what that says to me is that it's so you like you're not even thinking about it as much. You know, so I, I really, I really don't. That's I done. Mean, I, 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 I killed that. I kicked that. So I, I did have to. Um, well, not have to. I chose to go back to rehab as an adult um, okay. because I decided that that alcohol wasn't a problem for me. <clears> right. So I was like, let me try this one. <laughs> that didn't work either. That didn't work. That didn't work. Um, You're like, this is better than meth. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, because you could do it in public. Um, it's yeah, illegal. So, yeah. Yeah. So I haven't um, experienced the drugs and alcohol for five years now. Okay. Um, so yeah. I um, okay. and, and, and I used to not talk about that. I used to not talk about the late in light rehab thing. But then I realized that what that actually did was show people even when you think you got it, whatever it is in life, right. whatever it is you think you got, you're going to fall down again. Yep. So then what you're going to do, you're going to get back up and you're going to try again. Well, so, th- that's the most important part, right? Is the getting back up piece. And I think it's important for people to think that, you know, for no, someone like yourself struggled with this and then struggled again, beat it and struggled again. 
Um, you know, so thank you for, for sharing that and being so vulnerable. How are your parents, uh, you know, when you came out to them, tell me your coming out story. Oh Lord. Um, so I came out to my mother and always the moms, everybody drops <laughs> it on mom first. Right? I know, but well, I was, I was scared of that. Uh, and I'd actually lined up a connection with, so I'd come home from a tour. I was on a national tour. Okay. Uh, oh, my cruise ship. Maybe. I don't know. I was doing some professional, I was performing okay. and I had a little layover. So I came home for a few days cause I'd been, I'd been overseas internationally for uh, about a year and I was sitting in the living room and we were sitting there and um, I'm pretty sure I had the book upside down that I was reading. Like I'm, I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain. You know? Right. And, and so I, <laughs> and, and my mom said that she was like, it was one of the most, like we sat there for like 30 minutes. You didn't say anything. And so then I finally told her and I was like, and listen, I don't, I, I'm still the same person. Like I'm like qualifying. Like, right. Why right. it's okay to be gay. Like all the things. And she was like, okay. And she was like, well, do you want me to tell your father or do you want me? And I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're not doing that this trip. <laughs> right. You can do that when I'm back overseas. We go to each other next trip. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, then when I when I told dad, I think literally like the next time I was back home, um, I think we'd gone to like Taco Bell. <laughs> we were on the way home. <laughs> and I was like, well, everybody's got some bell in them. Let's tell this story. <laughs> and so, yeah, I said it. And then, um, I mean, and it's been a, it has been a, uh, a journey for us. I mean, my parents are, um, you know, very conservative mm -hmm. and, and conservative Christian Southern upbringing. But, you know, as, as things got serious with Bill, my husband, and we were going to get married. And then when we decided to adopt a child, I mean, our child is just as much their grandchild as my brother's children. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, things have, it's been an evolution. So please yeah. don't, please don't think that it was like, poof, like there's no hallmark. Right. There's you work, know, it, right? On both sides. People yeah. have to be willing to, you know, yeah. to, to work at it and love, uh, people think love is easy, but I think it's a choice sometimes. And, you know, they chose to love or love differently, love you through yeah. some of this stuff and yeah. love you through, you know, some challenges, challenging some of their beliefs. So that that's cool stuff. All right. So then you, um, you, you beat this thing, you're now married you have a son mm -hmm. yeah. and he's how old? Uh, two and a half. Two, oh, <laughs> man, you ain't getting much sleep. You have fun right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> After yesterday and last night, I'm like, well, let me show him from, from a girl. Put some, like, put some blush on. Come on, girl. you like, he going to school early. He's going to be four in kindergarten. Like this. I'm here. Right? <laughs> My daddy said I have to be here. Right? Mm -hmm. They can't be it. Because you, you're working from home right now. You started the business and you're working from home. Yep. yep. And and your husband, he works from home as well? Well, now he does. Yes. Um, okay, and he's cool. in athletics. He's okay. a... He's at SID um, at UVA. Oh, and nice. um, now listen, listen, friend. I didn't know the first thing about I'm not Sporty Spice. Like I'm not Sporty Spice. So on our second date, he so he was working. Um, soccer is one of his primary sports. Okay. And here at UVA, soccer is very elite. Like the, right. the captain of the U.S. national team, Becky Sauerbrunn, went to UVA. So I mean, yeah. it's, it is a big sport here. So <clears throat> we're at, um, I don't know, some wing place. And he was trying to explain soccer. And so he got the pepper shakers and the salt shakers because he was trying to explain offsides. Child, I don't know a thing that he said, but I was like, you are hot. I'm just going to stare at you talk <laughs> while you move these salt shakers around. Right. you like, that's fine. I was Whatever like, you said. Offside, sure. Put me in, coach. <laughs> now I understand offsides. But for the first year, I was like, they're just raising that dang flag. Like, I'm not sporty. I'm like, what is happening with the sports? That's all right. That's all right. Well, that, that, that's good. So. If people want to get in touch with you to get your program, get you, you're you're doing podcasts, obviously interviews, you're speaking, 
you're helping curriculum development. What are the top three things that you could provide for a university and corporation? Yep. Yep. So, um, Oh, I really like having the opportunity to say three. Thank you so much. Yeah. So there is a. Well, you're talented. A, I mean, you do a lot of things well. I well, I mean, know. okay, if you say so. Um, <laughs> there's a a general mental health program which is sort of an entry point, and so it, we cover like the basics of mental illness, what it is, what it isn't, words that are words you should never use ever again, and then maybe some words you should choose. But then we also talk about. Um, I mean, friend, I've had two two connections this past week where another human in their life is no longer with us because people are making permanent decisions about temporary problems. And I have been there. So I am not downplaying the word temporary. It doesn't feel temporary at the time, but it is. It is. So, so I've I've incorporated a bit of suicide prevention in everything I do, because I think we need to, we don't talk about suicide. We need to start talking about it. Like it needs Mm -hmm. to be a thing we talk about. So we do that. And then there's some self-care piece for, um, and so it's kind of the general program called It's Okay Not to Be Okay. Um, And then for uh, corporate America specifically, I've designed a program called Feelings-Based Leadership, um, which teaches people how to lean into their feelings and and not be something that we push to the side. Like we talk about like emotional intelligence, there are feelings behind that. So let's actually talk about the feelings so you understand them. Um, and then, uh, if they need an addiction program, I got plenty of those, uh, but it, it depends on the need. So, sure. you know, what I like to do is try to figure out what, what are you trying to do here? What's the end goal? Like, right. do you want to inspire them? Do you want to encourage them or do you want to educate them? Where no, are we trying I like to, where, that. So you kind of curtail it to the organization or the need. university's yeah. needs, bringing yeah. all of these different facets if possible. So when you talk about suicide, you said we need to start talking about suicide. Yeah. How is that different? than what what I think we currently do, which is slap a phone number somewhere at the end of an article where we know that someone's, you know, they're reporting yeah. that they killed themselves. If you feel suicidal, we do the same thing with TV shows sure. when there's an actor portraying someone that has uh, taken their life. Yep. What do you mean talk about it? Yep. So we're not teaching people how to show up for someone who's hurting. Okay. You actually have to go and take a course. Like it's not, it's not a thing we just talk about. Most people... Um, and I would say truly most people think that, you know, if their spidey senses ever start going off, mm-hmm. then they usually say one of two things. They usually say, Hey, so you're not, you're not thinking about harming yourself. Are you? Or they say, you're not considering suicide. Are you? They ask these, I'm going to say it, bullshit questions uh-huh. that are all about them being comfortable. That right. is not what you do. You actually name the act. You actually mm. are supposed to say, are you considering killing yourself? Okay. We don't teach people that, so they don't know. So when you get uncomfortable, and it is an uncomfortable topic, you you default to saying, hey, you're not thinking about harming yourself, are you? Like, that doesn't do anything because you as the other person knows when you say that, okay, they don't really want to have this conversation. Right, because even the way you said that, even the delivery, the person wants the the person to say, oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, And then they go, exactly. I ain't got to worry about this now. And then, and then they're like, what well, I was I supposed asked. to do. Yeah. No, you didn't. You did right. the opposite of what you're supposed to do. But when when have you heard that? Like when do we we don't we don't yeah. teach that. No. So I mean, I, I, I know this because I'm trained, but I also know this now because I want and I I mean I've had this conversation upwards of 70 times this past semester. That's crazy, Archie, because you know what I just thought of? You hear people say that that is that sounds small. But it's it's not right because people think I I did what I was supposed to do. 
I, I checked. I in. checked. How many times have you heard? I just talked to him the other day. I didn't know he was, you know, it, well, you it, must not have been saying the right stuff during this talk is what you're saying. No, not, not beating somebody up. No, 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 You no, do no. better, right? Yeah, this is about yeah. getting the knowledge and doing differently. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally had this conversation with a group last night who, unfortunately, you know, we, we're dealing with the aftermath and the, the, I mean, this is an understatement, but the whole, one of the horrible parts about suicide is that we never get to talk to the people that were successful. Mm -hmm. We only get mm -hmm. to talk to people who attempted. And right. so that's sort of where I come in to be able to say, to, 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 you know, um, quiet the voices in your head, because there's, there's like, what did I miss? Da, 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 da. And so I say to them, you've never been trained. You mm -hmm. did the absolute best you could do. And then when they're ready, that group are going to have the training so that they're ready to, but they're, they're not in that place right now. Sure. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, Monica, it's, it's not, it's not just suicide. So I, I really am on a mission to change the way that we interact with each other because to your point, I'm like, Hey Monica, what's up? How are you doing today? Fine. I, I want you to say fine. <laughs> fine. Right. I yeah. want you to. Yep. <laughs> so instead say, Hey Monica, how are you feeling today? Yeah. And then you have to think about it. How are and your you, feelings? Today? And you know that I care. You know that right, I care. Right. But like we we have been trained by society to lie 30 times a day. And it is, and let me just be real clear, in athletics, it's off the chart. Oh, yeah. Because we like, we do the, and we do the bump and then we look, what's up, bro? I mean, like yep. it is, it is so superficial and we have got, and I think, I, I, I think there was a, uh, an athlete at Kentucky that just, um, that just died by suicide. Um, and we, we've got, we've got to get, we've got to teach people to talk about their feelings yeah. and it really starts with just showing up with, Hey, how are you feeling today? Yeah. I think that's a takeaway is just restructuring the communication. Right. And, and I say to people all the time, the reason I had that answer ready for you fine so quickly is because in one of my talks, when we are talking about being a good leader, um, specifically with, with athletes, captains, it's more than being the best player, da, 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 whatever, sure, sure. is that when you ask a teammate how they're doing, be ready for them to not say fine. We're often ready for the fine. You know, I do a demonstration where I'm walking and you walk past someone, you say, fine, and you keep going. And what would happen if they said, well, I'm terrible. Then you're like, oh man, you got to turn around. <laughs> like right. I wouldn't, you were supposed to say fine. I'm I have 15 minutes for this. But the thing that I heard you say, which I'm, I'm going to borrow this and I'll, I'll give you credit for it, is change the question. Yeah, right? change, change the question. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? That the person even has to think about that, right? So I've got to go into myself and spend, you know, in order to answer that. I've got to, well, wait a minute. Like, oh, huh. I was ready to just to say fine. Say fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how yeah. am I feeling? And then you're right. It shows that you care because you didn't just say, how are you doing today? Mm -hmm. or, or fake smile. Wow. that That's a gym dropper right there. People change. That's how you change the narrative, right? You change the conversation, change the wording around it. And it's so simple. Yeah. Like this is the thing we can, I truly believe we can help save lives by changing the way we interact with each other. Yeah. Because think about the power. If we're having a conversation and someone's listening to us hurting and you say, Archie, how are you feeling today? And I'm like, Monica, I, I was up all night. I'm exhausted and I'm kind of sad today. That other person is like, what just happened? We can talk about feelings. I thought we couldn't do that. Right. We're, we're literally giving people permission to yeah. be themselves. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's so much power in that. So, you know, what I say to people is I'm not asking you just to like wake up and eat like feeling sawdust every morning. Like this is not like do 10 feeling push-ups. Like that's right. not what this is. Right. Like, literally just change the way you interact with each other.
So how can you, so this is great because you're doing a lot for other people, right? And this is a lot of work. And a lot of times I think that it must bring up some feelings in you. Have you been able to identify your triggers and how are you self taking self-care? Wow. No one's ever asked me that question. Thank you. Um, Yes, uh, I do. I do have triggers. Um, I've also realized how much negative self-talk I do. Mm. Uh, and I had until, until I somebody pointed it out to me, I then realized I say things to myself I would never say to you. And mm. so I have started intentionally working on that. And even though people think I'm nutty, which I am, but when we're having like I was having a conversation with a potential client who ended up hiring me, I said something in the Zoom and I was like, OK, I'm going to fix that. And they just got to sat there as I like fix it. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm working on positive self-talk. So I am working on positive self-talk. It also is really painful for me. I do the work, but when right. I see somebody in active addiction, it is, it is painful. Cause I want to be like, Oh gosh, can I just fast forward you like five years until right. you, you get this, yeah. especially when I can tell they're in denial and you know, but what keeps me going is, I mean, almost everyone, I would say 90% of the programs I do, if not 95, I get, you know, DMs from students or I get emails from people sharing these really dark, like the other day was like, I've been driving around with a gun with one bullet in it. Jeez. And I was like, oh, bro, you're about to answer the phone. We're going to talk. Right. And, you know, but it's, I think it's just so surprising to people how authentic and vulnerable I am that they trust me and they go on this journey and then they're yeah. like, they want to tell me this stuff, but that gets heavy. It gets heavy to yeah. be the, 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 you know, there are some days when I'm like, Nope, honey, I'm going to bed. I love you. Bye. Right. <laughs> I'm, like, right. I'm just done, you know, because um, I've given so much. Yeah. And, and that's the, the recharge is so important so you can continue to work. Right. But people like us don't normally do that. Um, you know, <laughs> but we got to get better at that. Maybe we can do that together. I downloaded an app on my phone yesterday. That's uh uh positive affirmations just for yourself. For that's, yourself. that's it. It's called I am. Okay. And yeah, it's called I am. And so I set it to 10 times a day where it's supposed to just tell me something tell about myself so that I remember, I you know, that I am powerful and, like and whatever. Time. I might have to change it to five. It's kind of getting on my nerves. <laughs> ding, ding. I mean, the last couple of times I was like, boo, I'm fine. And just, okay, swipe. I know I'm good. Okay. I got you. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I got it. Yes, I got it. Yes. Look in the mirror. Look at me. I'm great. Um, so you might want to change the setting to five okay. if you download it, but it is, it is super important. Tell me what, if someone is struggling with someone in their family with addiction, what is something that they can do? Because I think yeah. you're giving great advice. And, and I think yeah. that your advice that you're giving, you know, for specifically for mental health and the suicide side of it is to say something differently than what, what I think we've been trained Our as a community. Life. Right. Yeah. Like that's yeah. just not what we hear over and over and over again. Um, to your point in the beginning, it's not a PDF. So if someone is actively struggling with addiction, yeah. am I still supposed to say, hey, you want to go to a meeting, even though I don't need to go to one? And what am I supposed to do for yeah. them? So I, I think it very much depends on where we are in this addiction spectrum. Okay. Um, but I think the the big one of the I'm going to say two things. The first thing, remember that it's a person with a disease. Mm -hmm. So when you want to be mad at the person, remember the person has a disease. So my my mom is going through. Well, she just finished chemotherapy and now she's going through radiation for stage three ovarian cancer, and nobody's mad at her. Right. 
Nobody's mad at her for being tired and not yep. being able to, nobody's mad. Yep. So remember, this person has a disease. You first have to buy into the disease model. If you don't, you're wrong, but you have to buy into the disease model. Um, so be, be, be kind to the person, even mm -hmm. when the disease is flaring up. Set boundaries for yourself. And, and you really have to short, you have to think about like enabling or supporting. So to your point, come on, we can go to a meeting. Right. Let's go. Now, if you do that three or four times and they don't, then you have to have conversations about like, is this person needing to be around me right now? Like, because okay. it is, you know, my, my first relationship in New York City, one of the best things he ever did, it was his apartment. He changed the locks of the doors. Wow. He was like, this is going to be a hard landing, but you're going to figure it out. And wow. I was like, well, okay. Now, I didn't think it was very kind then. Let me sure. Sure. Um, but I mean, he was also taking care of himself because he also, he himself was in recovery. So, you know, it, it, it I think, I think people struggle with like, um, tough love actually is love. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't think that like tough love is just being a jerk. The word love is there for a reason, right? You were, you were, you were loving them by saying, I love you. Yeah. But until you want this, I can't want it for you. That's an you, okay you, thing to say. You got me on this saying uh, things differently thing. So I'm going to throw something out here. I need some work, but maybe we need to change it to love tough because they'll okay. hear the love, love part first. first. Instead, because when you hear tough love, I, I, the concentration is on tough, tough. and it makes me go, whoa, wait a minute now. I, I don't, I don't want none of that. But love tough sounds more fierce. The, the other way. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I mean, it also sounds like it. a boxing gym, but you know, yeah. what, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. All right. So my friend, we're coming to the end here. Tell people how they can get in touch with Archie, the feelings guy. Yeah, the easiest place is my website. Just go to itsarchiecares.com. Um, when I started a business, I was like, I'm gonna have a business that says what I mean. So my business is called Archie Cares. So just go to archiecares.com. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. You dropped some gems in here today. Um, I'm going to start talking differently to people and and just playing around with the little word play and see if I get some different reactions and responses. And you and I got to get together. Um, we could go to the beach since you don't drink. Uh, <laughs> but, and that's another thing. Let me ask you, can you be out? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And go out and people are ordering yeah. a round of margaritas and it doesn't do anything, doesn't bother you at all. No, yes, I, I absolutely can. I can't make it as long as you do, okay. number one, because I'm old. But like, you know, y'all drinking for like three hours. I'm like, right. all right, I got right. a good hour and a half. You well, know, we because... shouldn't make it either. We just think we're having fun because we're drunk, right? <laughs> know, right? We, should, we probably should have stopped when you stopped with the soda. would have been a good time <laughs> to say never mind, right? <laughs> Because, honey, I can't do things like I used to. Uh, trust no, no, me, no, no, right? no, 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 no. Okay, all right. So we'll have to we'll have to plan that. You and I yeah. will certainly get together. Uh, I, I want you to be a friend of the show. Maybe the next one we do together, we host it together, and we get some guests on, and you and I mm -hmm. um, interview them and and see where this thing goes. I owe you some homework also for a project that you're working on. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm working on my face. <laughs> You know, but so I'll get it to you. I thought I wanted to try to lose a couple pounds to get the chin a little more chiseled, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm just well, going to I, I, I did. I said, when he sent me mine, I was like, can you remove my chin, please? <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. And he was like, that's extra. And I was like, oh, I'll pay it. Yeah. <laughs> please, so, please. so I'll send mine and you send me the invoice for the extra. I'll pay for him to, to redo me, boo-boo. Okay. Just send me the invoice. I didn't know that was an option. Well, well hell, I didn't I either, had but to, I had us to you in an hour. <laughs> you guys don't know what we're talking about, but you will see because you're all going to listen to the show, follow Archie, and um, he's going to be doing a, a, a new 
podcast is it or, or, podcast, or a program yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's gonna be identifying some feelings and we're not gonna give too much away but he's asked me to be a part of that project and i'm flattered to be a part of it so you'll get the inside joke here uh pretty soon <laughs> yeah, and we'll keep yeah. you posted on that my my brother from another mother archie thank you so much for joining us keep changing you. lives keep doing you i i get so much energy from you just when i when i literally look at your website you make me smile like i'm just like this dude right here like it's like you and kevin hart i don't okay yes but you know both of you make me smile instantly so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna put that on a quote and like a uh add and sell it right there Go that's gonna, that's Go gonna sell some programs all right well take care um keep the family safe and stay inside it looks like it's still coming down here i don't know about you and enjoy the rest of your day Peace. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, friend. told you guys that was quite an episode right um, one of my favorite things is uh, that he said is mental health uh, a mental health conversation is not a PDF be willing to talk to people and just something simple take the how are you feeling challenge this week walk around work in your community and just say to people hey how are you feeling remember it's okay to not be okay check on your friends people it's not only the right thing to do but don't you want somebody to do it for you? And at some point in your life, you're going to need them to do that for you. So if we just kind of spread this thing, you know, it'll come back around to you. Check on your friends. It's okay not to be okay, but I hope that everyone is okay. At any point in time, you want to tell me how you're feeling, you know how to find me, www.monicadlivingston.com. Text me, 703-898-2754. If you're looking for a speaker to come in and speak to any of your, uh, your college groups or in corporate at your, at your place of employment, I am your person. So get in touch with me at www.monicadlivingston.com. Thank you for listening to The Huddle with me. I'll see you guys next week. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.